Life Audio. You've got to figure out what is good. And if God said it, so be it, because God is good. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Do you believe in life after addiction? You better believe it. Now, the host of Life After Addiction. We're back, baby. We are back. Episode 42. Man, I'm glad to be here. If you haven't listened to episode 40 and 41, please go and do that. They are some strong episodes. We've had a lot of really good feedback uh, just on the practical application of those. Amen. Uh, I will say, and this is something that we want to apologize for uh, and own and make aware. We were not, we were not aware, but we were made aware by a uh, supporter. Uh, that on the episode 41, there was a very inappropriate um, ad for what we do uh, that was placed. And since then, we've immediately messaged, messaged the people, uh, and that ad for sure will never be ran again, and we are hoping it will, it will be removed. If not, we might remove the episode. We need to talk through that. But sincerely apologize for that. That is not something that we um, wanted uh, ever, I mean, it's just, it really frustrated us to be honest, but yeah. wanted to apologize for that. And then also, as we're just getting started, we want to let our alumni know, Hey, it's coming up quick. We need to know by August 2nd at the latest, if you're coming, uh, where you're coming from to the alumni retreat, which is September 1st through the 4th, 4th, um, Please, we've got some people already signing up, but we're trying to make some finalized plans and give some numbers for some of the stuff we're wanting to do. So no later, please email info at spring2life.net. That's info at spring2life.net. Um, yeah, and so, again, sorry, we're starting to do a little housekeeping as we started. Uh, we just were kind of notified about the ad, just kind of found out about it, so we apologize for that. Uh, let me go ahead, speaking of ads, let's go ahead and take our first quick break. And uh, we're going to dive back in. So a word from our sponsors. Hello, folks. My name is Derek Greer, and I'm reaching out to fellow pastors and church leaders just like you to join me and other Christian leaders and organizations throughout the nation as we come together on June 8th and 9th for National Unity Weekend. Together, we will show the love of Jesus as we serve our communities on Saturday, June 8th, and then preach from a shared text on Sunday, June 9th. To register, go to unityweekend.com. That's unityweekend.com. Dot com to join us as we unite the church and unite the nation. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org slash impact. We are back. And Let's what's go, ridiculous, baby. if you're just listening, you're missing an epic Paper, Rock, Scissors tournament that Teddy right. and I are doing, and I have yet to win a game. Undefeated, and baby. I'm not sure what's going on here, if there's a little something in your ear telling you what I'm about to do. But anyways... So, today's episode, and actually for the next few, we decided there's been a lot of interest in our curriculum, uh, and it's really ramping up, it seems, in the last month, month and a half, about our lost and found recovery in Christ curriculum. 
that's taken from Second Peter, um, and we want to we want to kind of go through that uh, for multiple reasons. One, because we have I've already done a few episodes about the four pillars that we do. Now we want to talk about these seven principles found in Second Peter, uh, and then have them up and and our podcast, but also just kind of a separate little um, uh, channel or what's it called, Carl? Uh, not is it channel playlist a separate playlist just for resources because the curriculum is being used this is another resource that people can go and kind of watch and hear and help train as you're going through the the workbook um yeah and so yeah there's like i said there's been a lot of interest there's been a few programs in the last week that are uh in different states wanting to kind of use our curriculum for their program and that's welcome so uh, on top of all of the churches that have all over the country that are, are starting these groups in place of AA or NA or um, even some Celebrate Recoveries they're wanting to replace uh, with Lost and Found. So pretty cool stuff, man. This is a, a really good um, thing for us. It's really good teaching. I don't know. I mean, obviously this this scripture, the Lord pointed Pastor Bruce to this scripture. But, I mean, if you really read this scripture when it comes to what we're doing with addiction recovery or if anyone has any kind of habitual sin or just any and you, or you just want to grow you just want to be in this process of sanctification i don't know that there's better scripture than this yeah because practical things and so we're going to talk about it so let me read the scripture that i'm talking about uh and then ryan man if you'll kind of take it away there on, and we'll talk about principle one today yep. is, that, is that fair yes sir all right again this is second peter chapter one and we're going to go verses three through probably 11 it starts like this his divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence, by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises. We always talk about the promises of God. So that through them, through those promises, you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desires. And I'm going to pause. I always do. Especially battling an addiction, that word desire, man. I mean, something so small can have grown men doing things they never would. And, and it's because of that desire for that drug or that drink. And so when the Bible just says that we can escape those desires, we've got to pay attention. Amen. We've got to pay attention that we can escape the, the world because of sinful desires. For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue, with knowledge, and with knowledge was self-control, and with self-control was steadfastness, and with steadfastness with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. Those are the principles. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he is blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed for his former sins. Therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent to confirm your calling and election, for if you practice these qualities, you will never fall. Whoo, doggy, Second mm. Peter. What do you think? Yeah, so principle one, man, virtue, you know, um, high moral standard of conduct. Um, some versions also say goodness, desiring goodness. Yeah. goodness. Um, and where that starts for me is recognizing our own depravity. Um, recognizing what Romans 3.10 tells us, that none are righteous, no, not one. There was 
a time in my life where I felt like just me being a good person was enough, yeah. you know, that I treated people fairly, that I talked to people fairly, that I had good intentions and a good heart behind the things I was doing, although I was living contrary to that. Mm -hmm. You get what I'm saying. And recognizing our own depravity, you get to a place of understanding your need for a savior. And there is no transformation or change that can occur until you recognize that. Mm. Like, I'm not good enough. I don't possess the power to transform myself. Can I do forms and versions of behavioral modification and do this a little more and do that a little less and resist in this area here? I can to a degree, yeah. but there is no absolute transformation apart from Christ. So recognizing your own depravity and seeking the standard of perfection, which is Christ. You know, when we accept Christ as our Lord and Savior, his righteousness is now imputed to us um, in a scripture. And you can find this in our workbook as well on page nine. Um, I love how Bruce put this in there. So when we recognize our depravity, well, how do you do that? Well, perfect. Paul tells us Romans twelve three, right? Uh, because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of, of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. And what that reminds me is like, man, I need Christ each and every single day. Yeah. I've worked in ministry for going on five years now. And to be honest, Carl, Adam, y'all can probably testify. Like there's times where you start to rely on self more. There's times where you feel like you figured certain things out. Now, the spirit of God in me doesn't feel that way. But Ryan's actions, right? My thoughts, um, I can slowly turn away from God and start doing things under my own strength, under my own power, under my own understanding, under my own might. And I get depleted like that. And yeah. God will humble me in a heartbeat and remind me of my need for him each and every single day. So an honest assessment of yourself, recognizing your need for Christ is really it sparks and initiates that desire for goodness like Christ. I want you and more of you because apart from you, these this transformation I desire in my life. I can make some changes, but like I said, that that supernatural just restoration and reconciliation, it's not possible in and of myself. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's very needed to point out uh, when you supplement your faith with virtue or with goodness supplement, you're adding to your faith these things, mm -hmm. you're growing, you're aiming towards sanctification, being more and more like our creator. Um, one, it's good to point out, you know, perfection is impossible, but progression is very possible. Mm. We're, we're progressing each year. It's not about perfection. It's about progression. Uh, but number two, and Chitty, Chitty hit on this, but I mean, <laughs> we got guys that come in the program that yesterday they're shooting heroin, right? And so when it comes to virtue or goodness and you're adding to your faith things that are good, man, their calibrate might be off of what is good. Mine was. Yeah. I mean, what? I don't even know what good is. Yeah. And so when we're pointing to God, when we're, we're saying that God is good, right? And you know, God is good all the time. Well, God is the, the standard for goodness. Amen. And if you go back on an episode, we really hammer this out about the absolute standard of truth and that there has to be one. And what we're saying, that standard is God. So when you're adding to your faith virtue and you want to know what virtue is or goodness, you want to know what goodness is, we're saying seek God for those things, not what you think is good. And you, you touched on it too. Yeah, could I do some of these things? Sure. And I heard this poem once, uh, and it was like, even your, your good acts are an extension of your selfishness. Mm. 
that hits you right in the mouth, mm. right? And so when we're talking about virtue and goodness, we're talking about God and what He says is good, and you add those things. And what does He say? Well, some examples that I'd say is, um, and He talks about others being um, served, right? Others' needs before your own. It talks about if, if a man asks you to walk a mile, you walk two, mm-hmm. right? If you ask for your shirt, you give him your coat as well. It's this idea of servant, servant heart mentality. Um, it's the idea of you no longer being God, you no longer being the center of the universe, but you're seeing things and you're seeing people as image bearers of God and how they should be treated as Christ loved the church, right? He died for the church. He served the church. And I think it's important that we, st- I love how it starts there because mm-hmm. you actually have to have an absolute standard of truth of what is good. Thoughts on that? Yeah, um, that's absolutely true. You know, the way the world defines good is is antithetical to the word of God, right? That's there right. are a lot of things that are good right. in this world that are not biblical Very and good they point. are not good. And that standard of perfection is Christ and Christ alone. And that's why our need for him is is so prevalent each and every day. And this is a verse we go over often, but man, it's so true. And we didn't touch on it on the um, application episode, but this is something I'm going to touch on this week in class, actually tomorrow. Um, but applying this verse and, and what's the need for it is Matthew 16, 24 and 25. Then Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Once again, it's making that honest assessment of self and recognizing that my standard of good, what Ryan would do apart from Christ, doesn't usually align with what God has, has called me to do, what Christ has called me to do. Um, and it's making that honest assessment of like, man, I'm lost without Christ. Even to this day, it's so easy to get caught up in my own thoughts, my own emotions, my own willpower, my own strength, and, and just go off course for, for a second, you know, um, it's difficult, man, working in ministry. I'll be the first to tell you, as you know, you've done it twice as long, three times as long as me. But it's so difficult. It's impossible to sustain apart from the Lord. Yeah. Like it just is. It gets too heavy. You get too weary. You get too drained. Yeah. And you get to that place of like, when do I get my time? Yeah. When am I ever going to get to rest? When am I ever going to get some time to myself? When am I? And it, it goes back to like you said, like even the what you say that poem was? Uh, even the good, good things you do are from an extension of your own selfishness. Right. And that's exactly like that hits home with those things. Like even the good things I'm doing, it's like, well, what do I get from this? Yeah. Well, how do I get served from this? Well, how do I get filled from this? What, what am I benefiting? Now, the spirit of the Lord knows that, man, it's because he's called me to this. And there's nothing more gratifying at the same time. But it is, it is also draining. Yeah. But recognizing, man, once again, our depravity, recognizing our need for him and our desire for goodness. When he transforms your heart, man, he gives you those desires and those desires begin to align with his will. Um, So that's a beautiful thing that happens. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great spot. Let's let's take a quick break uh, and hear from a, a word from our sponsors. I can't say that. Here they are, though. Hello, folks. My name is Derek Greer, and I'm reaching out to fellow pastors and church leaders just like you to join me and other Christian leaders and organizations throughout the nation as we come together on June 8th and 9th for National Unity Weekend. Together, we will show the love of Jesus as we serve our communities on Saturday, June 8th, and then preach from a shared text on Sunday, June 9th. To register, go to unityweekend.com. That's unityweekend.com to join us as we unite the church and unite the nation. 
What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org slash impact. All right, we're back. Carl, what are you thinking? We're talking about, obviously, we're talking about virtue and goodness. You've heard us talk for a minute. What, what's the Lord putting on your heart when it comes to adding, supplementing your faith with virtue? Yeah. Um, I love what, what Chitty said about um, starting with recognizing our own depravity because um, that, that scripture that we read is for believers. Um, and um, I just, I'm, I'm just thinking how God does, he reveals these things that we're lacking in yeah. so that not only we can supplement to our faith these practices, but also like pray according to his will and say like, hey God, I need your help being good today. I need your help being steadfast today. Mm. And like those are prayers that I know he's going to answer because he's literally told me like, what he desires me to walk in as a son of God, as somebody who's walking in freedom from these world's fleshly desires. And I was also thinking of how, how much courage it takes to say, hey, these are things in my heart that God's revealed to me that, that like he's still sanctifying me in. And that's something you guys do on this podcast regularly. And I think that's why it touches so many people. It's because they hear these things. They're like, okay, God's healing them too. Maybe he can heal me from that, you know? And, and so it's just a really good like context as far as um, a reference point to how do we walk this thing out? How do we ask God to help us? And um, what does that look like practically speaking? You know, it's, it's perfect. Yeah. yeah, there's plenty of scriptures, the complementary scriptures uh, that, that, that go with this. There's no one good, no, not one, right? All, all men in our hearts in this fallen world, we, we are, have a bend. We're bent towards flesh and sin and selfishness. And so I, I just can't get the picture out of my head of adding to our faith goodness, boiling that down, slowing down for the people that are just now getting on the roller coaster. And again, we're it's important as you teach this, as you read this, as you're going through this. Maybe we have a lot of single books going out, like just people from all over the country getting this, hey, I'll see if I can do this from home. As you're going through this or teaching this, it's important to pause, and you've got to identify good and virtue. Uh, and then as you do, I think it's important, even as if you're not teaching this at all, you're just reading Scripture, Second Peter. It's important for you to say, okay, what is good? God is good. What God? All good things come from above. Uh, I'm not good, right? I, I might act good, but then again, it's kind of most of the time without Christ, it's to fluff me up, make me look good. Mm. Uh, my own selfishness kind of thing. So as you boil that down, understanding that, man, someone on the streets yesterday, here today, they, and yourself, uh, someone who's been in the church your whole life, understanding what the Bible means by virtue and by goodness, and then supplementing it, adding it to your faith. What does it look like to you to add something to your faith or grow in this area? So if you're going to supplement your faith with, boom, we're on principle one, virtue, goodness, how do you do that? What, what does that mean to you? Yeah, um, I believe that begins with, with with basic biblical things, right? One would be seeking his face. If if I'm not seeking the Lord's face in everything I do, I'm not going to be able to supplement something to my face or to my faith. And 
I believe prayer is one of those big things, prayer and repentance. I think repentance is huge because it continues to remind ourselves that, hey, if I'm going off the path, I need to repent and I need to turn from the things that I'm doing and I need to align myself with how God has called me to live. Um, I think fellow believers having brothers in Christ um, around you to point out your blind spots. Yeah, I think that is uh, crucial. I think being a part of a church, I think um, having a solid body of believers that you attend church at is another strong attribute to applying God's goodness to your life. Um, and another thing that I would say is um, having a mentor. If you don't have a mentor in your life, uh, fortunate enough, we work in ministry and have many brothers that we get to walk with. But we also need a church family outside of here. We also need brothers and sisters in Christ to do life with and walk outside of here. Um, but, yeah, it, it, it for me, it continues to go back to, man, I'm, I can't do anything apart from Christ. Yeah. I can't. Yeah. I can't. So that constant reminder, and it's not like a, Oh, poor me. woe is me. It's like, praise God. Yes. Praise God. That it's not up to me that, that, that the weight is not on my shoulders, that I can come to him with all these things, with my stresses, my worries, my concerns, my sadness, my depression, my anger. Like I can go to him and he will give me exactly what I need according to his will. So yeah. uh, those are a few things that I would, but I will say this, I'll, I'll, I'm going to have one more verse. When you add and when you supplement goodness to your faith, this is a byproduct of that. And Carl touched on it last week and it's second Corinthians three sixteen and 17. But when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Now the Lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So you see mm. when one turns to the Lord in faith, that veil of separation from God, the incomprehension of the things of God is removed. That hardened heart is removed and true freedom comes from the active presence of the Holy Spirit in one's life. And that comes that that first starts by seeking his goodness. OK, I'm at this place of depression. I'm at this place of sin has just engulfed my entire life. I'm at this place of just being at my wits end. What do I have to lose by seeking the Lord's goodness to find out, to see if he really is good? Yeah. You know, what do I have to lose? Yeah. Yeah. And I think just practically speaking, too, I want to touch on it's one thing to do the work to find out what is good. God is good, right? We've talked about that. But then there's a, a part of you that you have to decide if you're going to strive towards it, mm. right? As for me and my house, I'm going to serve the Lord. Yep. That's not easy. Nope. Because everything, like, I mean, the gospel is, is very offensive to the world. The, the gospel is very counterculture, as you mentioned, to the world. And so when you see these things, you're seeking God, you're hearing his truth, he's speaking to you through his word, through people that he's put in your life, through prayer, and you see, okay, God is good and what he says is good and how he wants me to live is good and I want to strive towards that. You've got to stand and make a choice, and you can't do it alone, but the promise is for the believer, as Carl mentioned, this is for the believer. There is a spirit, there is a helper of God that is alive and at work in you. And if, if the apostles, if the heroes of our faith can face death, torture, um, jail, all of these things for the cause of Christ, for the gospel, and they leave rejoicing, then you and I can too. But we have to choose what we want. And I'm afraid here in America in 2022 or whatever time you're watching this, if it's 2030 and we're still listening, or you're just <laughs> catching up on episode 42, whatever it may be, man, you've got to choose I'm choosing God. 
delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Well, there's a delighting that you need to do. There's a choose. As for me and my house, I will serve the Lord today. Meaning, the world says this is good and it feels good to me and it makes me popular and it feels so good, but God says it's wicked. I choose God. Why? Because God is good. And I want to supplement my faith with goodness and with, with virtue. And God says this is virtuous. And I want to chase hard towards that, right? Um, and I was thinking about giving, like, examples. But that, in, that list is exhaustive, exhausting. There's no, there's, I could go on and on and give examples of the world saying something's good and God's not. But I think that's the point. You're, you're adding to your faith. You're searching. That's why we started this with you've got to figure out what is good. And if God said it, so be it because God is good. Mm. Carl, you got anything? Any last words? I'm, I'm reminded of, I can't even remember where it is in Psalms, but David says, um, at midnight I rise to praise you because of your righteous rules. Ooh. At midnight, I, at midnight, David is rising to praise the Lord because of the Lord's righteous rules, because he recognizes how good the Lord is. And then I'm also reminded of in Matthew 5, I think uh, around 16, when it talks about Adam Comer is the light of the world. Ryan Chittister is the light of the world. Carl Kurtz, you, believer, are the light of the world. You are a city set on the hill. And then it says, um, let, you, uh, let, let uh, your light so shine before men uh, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father who is in heaven. So there's this identity piece to goodness where it's like, because we recognize that we have become the light of the world through Christ, that our good deeds glorify our Father. And that's what, that's what we you know, strive to do. Yeah, that's so good. And I think I want to close with this. Count the cost, right? Um, the world will shame you. The world will, um, when you start choosing righteousness, when you start choosing goodness, you'll be outcasted. You'll be weird. Uh, you'll be called bigot. Um, you, you old-fashioned, whatever it may be. So count the cost. You could lose things because of this, but the, the gospel is come and die to yourself, right? But also, I don't want to just say the negative because we're clearly given promises if we do these things. One, you can escape the corruption that's in the world that comes through sinful desires, might drop when Amen. it comes to addiction. Two, says that you won't be ineffective, right, in the gospel, in the kingdom. You won't be ineffective. And then lastly, the promise is, um, you won't be uh, unfruitful and you'll have the knowledge. Uh, and then it says, be all the more diligent to confirm your calling election for if you practice these things, you will never fall. Mm. That's three promises right there, mm. man. So count the cost. But I mean, I'm not saying this isn't a, a prosperity type thing. No, this is what God says in the context of the verses that we're talking to you. One, you can escape sinful desires. Two, you won't be ineffective in the kingdom. And three, you'll never fall if you're growing in these things, man. Count the cost, but know that we proclaim these things because we believe God's word is true and that his promise is yes and amen. Amen. Close us out. I would just encourage you, taste and see that the Lord is good. His word endures forever. And I want to close with this. I can't let you close with that week closing, so let me close with this. Oh, Carl, you ready? There we go. And if the devil doesn't like it, he can sit on attack. Hey. What? Sit on attack. Hey. Uh, and that is life after addiction. You better be. Come on. Life After Addiction is a production of S2L Recovery. If you have any questions you'd like answered on the podcast, email them to info at springtolife.net. That's info at spring, the number two, life.net. 
And for more information on addiction recovery, visit s2lrecovery.org. We want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the Life After Addiction podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of their faith-centered podcasts and their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and much more. Thank you so much for listening today, and God bless. Has fear stolen your peace? I'm Jennifer Slattery, lead host of the Faith Over Fear podcast, helping you fight your fears and grow your faith. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com.